0: Have the Washington Capitals and Edmonton Oilers found their goaltenders to help them advance deeper into the playoffs? And can the Vegas Golden Knights be better after all the changes they've been through this offseason? We've got that and a lot more coming up on the Locked On NHL podcast.
1: Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Washington Capitals, Dan Holmey. And Dan, it's been an eventful offseason for the Caps. Let's start with the the biggest position that was the biggest question mark coming into this offseason, goaltending. How pleased are you with the way the Capitals have handled the situation between the pipes?
1: I mean, I'm very happy. I don't think you could ask for anything more than to pick up a Stanley Cup winning goalie. And if you take a look at Kemper, uh, he signed a five-year deal at $5.25 million per season. In 57 games for Colorado in 20 and 22, Kemper went 37-12-4 with a .921 save percentage and a 2.54 goals against... You know, just a great uh, play. And then he went on and he posted a 10 and four record and a 0.902 save percentage and route to the cup. So, I mean, a big, the biggest question out there is that is Darcy Kemper going to be able to duplicate that with the Capitals? He had the Avalanche defense in front of him. So, but uh, I have a positive outlook on this team because it has to be a better tandem than what the Capitals had last season.
0: No question about that. And how about the backup situation? how How do you feel about that, and where does it stand right now?
1: So Charlie Lindgren um, was a netminder for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he's coming off a standout season that saw him go 5-0-0 with a .958 save percentage and a 1.22 goals against with the Blues. Uh, also, while dominating with a .925 save percentage, uh, good for second in that uh, AHL. So, I mean, I think that the Capitals went out there. I think that, you know... Darcy Camper is going to carry the bulk of the mail for the team. Uh, but uh, Charlie Lindgren is a good option as a backup, uh, a kind of an unproven commodity. But I think he has some good upside. He played well last season in the AHL and his brief stint with the Blues. So things are looking up for the Capitals and the netminding department. Well, that's certainly
0: good news. It's been a question mark for a little while. Out of all the players that departed from Washington, who do you think they will miss the most?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one when you take a look at, you know, the players that that are coming and going. And I guess it, it ultimately remains to be seen what the roster is going to look like on opening day. But you take a look at Vanacek, you look at Sam Sonoff, You know, I got to say that I'm a little bit upset that or, you know, I guess upset is the word that they weren't able to work out something with one of the netminders. minders. Um, I would say that Vanacek had some upside to him. But the problem with all of it is that both of those netminders were due for a raise. And I don't think you're going to be able to pay a backup netminder, you know, three million a year um, and then have Darcy Kemper on the books uh, with a big contract. But ultimately, I think that uh, uh, Vanachek would have possibly been a good backup for a uh, Darcy Kemper if they could have got the deal structured right. But uh, that just wasn't in the cards. And how about as far as skaters go? Um, Well, just taking a look at who's coming and going, um, you know, I guess, like I say, it depends on who's going to, there's still some moves that could be made. Um, You know, a lot of the players that that are out there, I think that it's going to be a pretty solid lineup going forward. They picked up Strom, they picked up um, Connor Brown. So the the departures and that kind of thing, I guess like it remains to be seen once the dust settles, but I'm more positive about the additions that were made to the team.
0: What do you think Strom brings to the team
1: first and foremost? So Dylan Strom uh, played for the Blackhawks last season, and it's a bit of an interesting move. If you take a look at that Chicago Blackhawks team, I don't know what's going on. They moved on from uh, they, um Andre Fleury earlier in the season. So that team is in a bit of disarray. But Dylan Strom is a good player for the Caps. Um, ostensibly, he is going to play second-line center uh, for Nick Backstrom in his absence because he had that hip resurfacing procedure done. And uh, I guess it remains to be seen on how much time he will miss. The outlook on that procedure is not very good. So Dylan Strom could be playing that position for some time. But let's say Nick Backstrom does come back in a hurry um, for some strange reason. They could always slot him in at wing or possibly a third line center. Yeah, definitely some
0: possibilities. Obviously, you know, fans of the league focus a lot on Alexander Ovechkin, who do you see as his line mates heading into training camp about a month
1: from now? So uh, what I see is it's going to be Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Connor Brown. Um, I think that uh, that is who's going to end up being on the top line. Um, Tom Wilson, as we know, pl- spent a lot of time on that top line, right wing. Uh, TJ Oshie also spent some time, and Connor Sheery up there. But uh, I think that Connor Brown will ultimately be the top line, a right wing. And uh, it's a good position for him to be in because having line mates of Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, I don't think there's a whole lot to complain about there.
0: Yeah, no, I I wouldn't think so. Is there a a prospect or a, a couple of young players who the Capitals are really hoping take a jump and make the big club this year?
1: So I think that Connor McMichael is due for his big opportunity. Um, he has been slotted in as a center, but oftentimes plays wing as well. I think that, you know, this uh, training camp uh, for that's going to be coming up here soon in September, I think it's going to be a battle for some of those positions. You know, Brian McClellan, the GM for the Capitol, said, just because you think that, you know, I signed these players and you think you know where they're going to go, You don't really know. It's going to be a battle and these players are going to have to fight for their jobs and where they're at. But I would say Connor uh, McMichael would be one of them. Hendricks LaPierre is another one that is going to be due for his opportunity out there. But, you know, it it just kind of widening the lens out a little bit further than that. There's that Ivan Mirochichenko, who is one of the top draft picks for the Capitals. Um, I think that there's it's just going to be a really great you know, season or two for the Capitals as a lot of these younger players are going to work their way into the lineup because this is a team that is often talked about that needs to get younger and faster. And let's face it, Alex Ovechkin is not getting any younger with all that gray hair, you know, father time is coming for us all. Uh, Don't tell him that though, as he continues to score a lot of goals. He does indeed. We have about a month, month and a half before training
0: camp gets underway. What, if any other moves, do you think this team is looking to make?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was asked about that on a previous pod. I don't see them making a whole lot of other moves. You know, you take a look at Borgstrom. They signed him. They signed uh, some other players out there as well. Just some kind of depth players. I think that the Capitals are sitting pretty good uh, with the players that they signed. Um, you, you know, the big marquee names, you're Dylan Strom, your are Connor Brown. But even if you go down the lineup a little bit and some of the the depth moves that they made there as well, I think the Capitals are are sitting pretty, if you will, uh, as we head into the training camp. There's nothing to me that I think really needs to be addressed. No, no glaring needs in your mind at this point? No. And you know, the thing of it is, is I was pretty hard on Brian McClellan, you know, on my podcast. I said he didn't do anything with the goaltending situation. And, you know, he just kind of proved me wrong in every example. He took care of the net mining situation. He took care of, you know, Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom and any issues with depth on the defense So I gave Brian McClellan A-plus marks on what he did. Now, the question remains, is the chemistry? Will all these players gel together? Because, you know, sometimes things on paper aren't as good in actuality. But on paper, and that's all we can go with right now, it seems like a really solid lineup.
0: All right, Dan, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
1: Yeah. So you can find my podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Locked on Capitals. You can find us on Twitter at Locked on Caps, and you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. And of course, as always on YouTube, when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, hit the thumbs up button. It really helps grow the channel. All right. Dan Holmey, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Today's episode is
0: brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, of course, the NHL, combat sports, eSports, tennis, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be... The top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show the co host of <laughs> Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, Chris Golic. And, Chris, Busy offseason, not all smooth sailing for your team, but you are of the belief it's not time to panic. Why do you say that right now?
2: So, uh, me and Tony on Friday's locked on VGK episode actually had a, a very uh, spirited debate on this very subject. Um, seasons one, two, three, four, things went very well. You got a Stanley Cup final. You have a coach in Season 2 who couldn't find a way to close out a 3-1 series lead against the San Jose Sharks. And then Seasons 3 and 4 were within three games of the Stanley Cup Final. People seem to forget that very quickly. Season 5, we have over 500 man games lost for what everyone thought was the best VGK roster we've ever had. We even had an opportunity to possibly backdoor into the playoffs with all those injuries and exceed the salary cap, Tampa or you know Chicago Blackhawk type style. So someone, in my opinion, knows what they're doing. I think there's a plan in place. And I'm not of the mindset that we should be nervous and freaking out just yet. In my opinion, our management has earned the benefit of the doubt only looking at the results of seasons one through four and bad luck in season five.
0: Out of all the losses over the
2: offseason, which one concerns you the most? Uh, Pacioretty is the obvious answer. He was on clip for probably in the low 40s, if it wasn't for bad luck, with two bone injuries. Uh, Max Pacioretty was by far our most lethal scorer. He was the only one that was breathing any life into our power play, it seemed like, for the last couple of seasons. Uh, Very good around the net, very physical, probably the quickest release on the team, just the best sniper we had, and that hurts. That hurts a lot.
0: How about the fact that Riley Smith is coming back? How important was that for this team?
2: Oh, Riley Smith is huge. Um, Riley Smith's stock has gone up tremendously, not just on the ice, but off the ice. Um, In his words, he's poured his heart and soul into this organization. Uh, He has hosted, I think it was the third time uh we had the um, uh, Battle for Las Vegas excuse me for taking a second there uh the Battle for Las Vegas it is an annual softball game with Las Vegas Raiders current and alum against Vegas Golden Knights current players and alum a lot of fun over at the Las Vegas Ballpark which is uh, right next to where the Vegas Golden Knights practice facility uh City National Arena is uh, raised over 200000 Now, this was going to happen, this softball event was going to happen this season. It was announced before Riley Smith's contract was even announced. There's maybe some gamesmanship there, too. It seems like there was a handshake deal in place for Riley Well, while, uh, while the regular season was still going, even, is what the rumor was when the Dodonoff deal happened and then didn't happen, which really complicated a lot of things. But Riley Smith coming back, uh, his stock has really gone up in the public eye. And he's someone who quietly, I think, is becoming a fan favorite. He He's quiet on the ice. He reminds me of like a Jonathan Taves in the sense that he's all business the second that Jersey goes on, whether it's practice or in the game and warm-ups, all that sort of thing. But watching him in person at the softball game a couple weeks ago, you really got to see a fun side of him. He, he loves the city. He loves the people here. We love him. And it's awesome to have him. What is the...
0: Knights cap situation right now and what are they looking to do between now and the
2: start of the season I know it's not necessarily going to be easy pinch pennies Um, the 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 Shea Weber situation so I think right now on paper we're 1.3 over if you go on cap friendly somewhere in that neighborhood but we get enough cap relief to absorb that the way that whole thing I'm not I am by far an expert in this I'm sure other people are much better than I am in understanding all of this but to my understanding we have enough cap relief to be compliant if the season started tomorrow basically uh, throughout the season the even though the the, the deal, relieved a lot of our cap situation it does pose some complications with being able to maybe get players here and there it's going to be a lot of you're going to see a lot of like if there's three days off xyz called up from the ahl xyz sent back down to the ahl and all these things that just save a thousand here 1500 however that all works out it's going to be cap gymnastics or in vegas we call it cap roulettes (laughs)
0: little juggling act there with with the cap what you look at the roster right now. What would you say
2: is Vegas's biggest need? Um, someone who is going to be a lethal scorer. And this is why we got Jack Eichel. So I'm I'm giving you not necessarily a now answer as much as I am an answer for about the last, you know, 15 or 18 months of this team. All the things Vegas has had, we've had great chemistry. We've had great defense. We've had tremendous success for four of the five seasons but we have never had that one player who can turn the game on its end and simply mean Marc-Andre Fleury, I guess you can argue, of course, but goaltending with standing, we've never had that one player who the second he gets on the ice could make a difference every single shift. And that's what we need Jack Eichel to be. Everyone keeps saying generational talent and we didn't necessarily see it last year. He was kind of just starting to hit, hit his stride. And then dude broke his thumb, but he continued to play like, I'm just trying to think of how hard it would be for my everyday life. So my personal business, I open packs of baseball or hockey cards and in front of a camera, and I send them to people. I'm trying to imagine what that would be like if my one of my thumbs didn't work. I mean, now we're talking a hockey player cranking hundred mile an hour slap shots with a broken thumb. Like, that's it's amazing that he was able to fight through that. So, you know, the biggest thing that Vegas has been missing, as far as you know, just that identity. We'll shift gears for a second here now. Identity is probably the biggest thing this team has been missing. You go to a, you know, on the road to play team XYZ, you know what you're going to get, right? You know whether they're a physical team. You know whether it's an avalanche team who's going to roll four lines and just come at you in relentless waves. Uh, Tampa is in the same, you know, breath as that. Edmonton, with all the skill they have. But in Vegas, you could probably take a poll of, you know, Thirty people like ourselves who are somewhat in the know I would think and I don't know if anyone would be able to necessarily say what the identity of the Vegas night Vegas Golden Knights was last season last season a little tougher to to pin that down as far as
0: Eichel goes I mean we did see flashes of what he could do when he finally did play uh probably on pace for about 33 goals if you extended it over
2: 82 games what do you expect from him this season 80 points, uh, a mix of 30 and 50. Hopefully that's really where we need him to be. He, he ha- I mean, <laughs> for, as far as McCrimmon and George McPhee are concerned, he has to be a point-per-game type player, a difference maker, someone who is going to lead, but also lead with all these other leaders around him. You look at the Buffalo rosters that he had, Jack Eichel was the man, right? I mean, I'm sure he had some veterans around him, but I don't think he was really following anyone's footsteps if you will now you got mark stone you got marches so you got i mean even chandler stevenson the sex success he's had petrangelo alec martinez all these character players stanley cup winners they know what it takes to get there jack eichel doesn't so jack needs to learn from them while also finding ways to take over games um one of the best things to watch Jack Eichel, when he was just starting to get to form last year, he just creates so much space with the puck and it's very effortless. Um, I've only seen Mario Lemieux live a couple of times. Uh, that's kind of right when I was really starting to get into hockey, late eighties, early nineties and such. And I was only you know eight, nine years old during that time. But the biggest memory I have from seeing Mario Lemieux live, it was just effortless watching him skate with the puck and go through people. He didn't come across as fast. I didn't necessarily even think he was accelerating while he was moving. He just kept his skates on the ice and just kind of kind of swizzled the entire time. And I see flashes of that with Jack Eichel. Am I comparing Jack Eichel to Mario Lemieux? Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. But simply, that's the the parallel that I see from afar, uh, the opportunities he can create. Chris, why don't you
0: tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
2: Yep, Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, We are doing audio and YouTube. Our YouTube channel is finally up and rolling, so we would love to have all your subscribes and everything. Um, At TD Chris G is my personal Twitter. That's uh, like touchdown, TD Chris G. All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Cheers. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Edmonton Oilers, Brett Holden and Brett uh, let's start with the basics overall. How would you judge or rate the Oilers off season thus far?
3: I mean, if you go, first of all, thank you so much for having me on today's episode, Gail. Thank you so much. I know you are you have some plans for this, so thank you for having me. But uh, yes, no, I, genuinely, I think the Edmonton Oilers have had one of, if not their best, off-seasons in a very long time. They recognize that this is their win-now window, their Stanley Cup window. And you take a look at a lot of the contracts that have been signed. Well, the Edmonton Oilers have basically signed two Multi-year contracts and uh, Evander Kane and and Jack Campbell, and you take a look at those contracts, and one expires right when uh, Connor McDavid's contract ends, and one is the year after. So you sit there and you go okay well everybody's signed basically until 2024 whenever his uh contract it's 2022 already oh my goodness (laughs) i guess 2026 wow years have have been muddled recently but uh you you take a look and you're basically saying okay we're in that win now window your your dry sidles contract ends the year before and you bring in your first line uh, winger, and you're you're basically tandem with Connor McDavid and Evander Kane, who's had success with Connor, proven success not only in the regular season but in playoffs too, which is exciting. But also you get your goaltender for not necessarily the future because you do have Stuart Skinner as well in that uh, a crease. But you have a guy who's solid enough who can go out there, who's proved himself in the NHL. Isn't this erratic guy who you never know? What you're going to get out of him? You, he's calm. He does his job, and that's it, you. You look at a lot of the games the Oilers lost in the playoffs, and you're just going. They had a goaltender who just was calm, who who respected angles. You, they would be in a totally different spot, and that's what the Edmonton Oilers did.
0: So, what do you think Campbell brings to the table that is a big addition to this team?
3: Stability. <laughs> Stability and it sounds weird because you, you talk about some of his time in Toronto, more specifically, and you say he's been inconsistent. That's fair enough. You, every goaltender can't be as consistent as an Andre Vasilevsky or Carey Price when he's healthy, I guess. So that's kind of inconsistent. But uh, you got to have guys who can go out there and perform and give the guys on the ice confidence that if they do make a mistake, you're going to bail them out and then they can go out there and do more things out on the ice. That's what Jack Campbell brings. And that's also what Stuart Skinner brings. So now you have two guys where you sit there and you go, okay, they're calm. They can, they got my back. If I got your, their back, then we're all good. And that's what, uh, what Jack Campbell brings just that confidence. Weirdly enough to make mistakes, which doesn't sound proper, but it's what happens
0: look everyone makes mistakes and then the question is how do you react to it what what does the team do once the hopefully rare mistake is made so yeah yeah there's always that a lot of talk in the press and i don't know if it's fair or not but i'd love to hear your opinion about the darnell nurse contract
3: Oh, do I? Do I have some thoughts about it? Well, first of all, when that contract was signed, it was basically what the market was going for. And you're sitting there. They had an opportunity a couple of years earlier to get him on a pretty team-friendly contract and a little bit more of a, a contract that now for sitting here today going, oh, what are the value contracts? You would look at the Darnell Nurse contract and go, hmm, that's a pretty good one. They didn't. They waited it out. I think they actually put him on a bridge contract as almost show me what you can do. He showed you what he could do. And then you said, okay, that's our number one guy. And you gave him that money. So at the time, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, that's fine. Now we're here talking about it, going, that's a little too much. And that's a lot to do with number eight in Colorado and Kale McCarr. The contract that he signed. Kind of now sets the market for the defenseman in the future because nobody's sitting there on the market or in the future going, I'm better than Kale McCarr. I better be getting more money than him. Before that, when Darnell Nurse was signing his contract, he's looking at the Shea Weber contract going, I want that money, right? So you got to look at the market at the time. At the time, it made sense. Now, So eh, I'm impartial to it because again of when it was signed, but now you do kind of have the handcuffs of, okay, now you got to sign this guy. Now you got this need, but now Darnell's making what nine and a quarter, nine and a half million dollars a year. And then on top of that as well, you also have now Evan Bouchard who's sitting there too, who has to sign a contract. So a lot of intangibles go along with it. Plus he had a a bad hip as well. Torn uh, hip flexor for Darnell Nurse in the playoffs. I mean, that rips away half of your power when you're skating in the playoffs for three series. That's not going to be good for anyone.
0: No, no. And credit to him for toughing it out. No question about that. What is your biggest concern heading into training
3: camp? We're about a month, month and a half away. It's a really good question. Honestly, my biggest concern is the penalty kill. They brought in Matthias Janmark, and that's great. He's a proven guy who's been in the league for a couple of years. In fact, uh, Kenny Holland drafted uh, Matthias Janmark. But other than that, the Edmonton Oilers didn't really do much to help their penalty kill and that was one of their weaknesses not necessarily down the uh, stretch once Dave Manson Jay Woodcroft came in they knew who they wanted they know knew who they had available they mentioned Ryan McLeod who they use down in uh, Bakersfield a lot they said he's an elite short uh, uh, penalty killer and that's what they started using him as and uh, Evan Bouchard got some more time as well on the penalty kill but then you lose a couple of guys like Chris Russell a Duncan Keith you now, are you going to trust a Tyson Berry there? Mm, no. Are you going to play Devin Shore 82 games because you need him on the penalty kill? Mm, probably not. Derek Ryan as well. I know a lot of people in the organization call him a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, but you still have to have two units. Still haven't signed Kyler Yamamoto to a contract or Ryan McLeod, really, for that matter as well. That's kind of where I'm. I'm worrying a bit.
0: Got to ask a little bit about Connor McDavid,
3: uh, a
0: full season with Kane. I mean, can, what can this guy do for an encore? I mean, is there is there another level out there
3: for him? It's scary to think about. It is scary to think about. The Edmonton Oilers Twitter tweeted out a photo of uh, Connor training, and they're like, is he getting quicker? And you're sitting there like, can he get any quicker? And and that's the thing. For so long, I mean, he's, he's 25 years old, which is also scary to think about because, well, I'm 25 years old, so I'm like, I'm still a young, spry kid. Um, but when you take a look at 25 years old in hockey, that's kind of the – Start of your prime, and if that's the start of your prime for Connor McDavid, that is terrifying. Now you have your your winger that has been there for now half a year, really, and and had so much success. He was on pace for like fifty goals, and in, in in the sample size of the amount of games that he could have actually played, now, like you said, he could get a full eighty-two. Look at that! Look, I I could genuinely see. Another 50 goal scorer. Could you imagine uh, an Edmonton Oilers team with three 50 goal scores? I know Connor got 45 last year, but three he probably could this year. Frightening thought
0: for the rest of the league. No question about that. Brett, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
3: You can find me personally at the Real Holden Forty, but you don't—you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers, so you can find our Twitter over at Locked On Oilers, exactly how it sounds, and then also on uh, YouTube as well. You can find us on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube as well at Locked On Oilers over there. Brett Holden, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Gil. I hope you, I hope you, are gonna have so much going on here. It's been a busy uh, off season, I'm sure for you. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but not for my Islanders. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
0: All right, I want to thank my guests Dan Holmey of Locked On Washington Capitals, Chris Garlick of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, and Brett Holden of Locked On Edmonton Oilers. That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, with the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks again for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.